Hello, and today we will be looking at Pastor Merritt's Old Testament Overview, Lesson 14. But before we begin, as is our custom, let's remember 1 John 1.9 is may or may not be necessary. Old Testament Overview, Lesson 14. I'm going to try something different today, and after I get it published, I'm going to talk it over with Pastor Merritt and get his feelings on it, and we'll let everyone know on the next lesson how we will proceed. When Pastor Merritt was preparing these lessons several years ago, he did it with the idea that they would be presented once a week. And so there's a lot of review we do at the start of each lesson. But now, when you can listen to these lessons one after another, maybe there's not really the need for the review that we should just go ahead and move on with new material, which is what I'm going to do today, and then we will see how that plays out in the future. So, with that being said, if you have the outline, which you got from WestBankBibleChurch.com and the Old Testament Overview, number 14, you can skip down to page 3, scroll down to the second paragraph, and that is where we will begin. So, here we go. Genesis 7, verse 2. Take with you seven of every kind of clean animal, a male and its mate, and two of every kind of unclean animal, a male and its mate. Comment. In the phrase, take with you seven of every kind of clean animal, a male and its mate, we again find critics positing objections. Here the critics say, contradiction, because they say, in the Elohim account found in Genesis chapter 6, verses 10 through 20, God commanded two, and in this, the Jehovah account, God commands seven. Genesis chapter 6, verse 19, And of every living thing of all flesh, two of every sort shalt thou bring into the ark, to keep them alive with thee. They shall be male and female of fowls after their kind, and of cattle after their kind, and of every creeping thing of the earth after his kind. Two of every sort shall come unto thee to keep them alive. The explanation is found in the word clean. Of all living things, there were two for preservation of species. In addition, clean beast by sevens probably seven pairs to include the birds, were taken because there were to be blood sacrifices. When Noah came out of the ark, his first act was to build an altar and kill at least one of every kind of clean animal and bird. It's from Genesis chapter 8, verse 20. He could not have done this if there had only been one pair. Genesis eight twenty, And Noah... Build an altar unto the Lord, 
and took of every clean beast and of every clean fowl and offered burnt offerings on the altar. Genesis chapter 7, verse 3 through 7. And also seven of every kind of bird, male and female, to keep their various kinds alive throughout the earth. Seven days from now I will send rain on the earth for forty days and forty nights, and I will wipe from the face of the earth every living creature I have made. And Noah did all that the Lord commanded him. Noah was six hundred years old when the flood waters came on the earth. And Noah and his sons, and his wife and his sons' wives, entered the ark to escape the waters of the flood. Comment. In verse 7, we find the matter-of-fact statement, which is, And Noah and his sons, and his wife and his sons' wives, entered the ark. Far from being a mundane phrase to move the scenario, it was a description of a tremendous act of faith. The people around about must have thought that the, his folly had now reached its climax. We do not know what they thought when suddenly the animals began entering. But we do know that Noah's entering the ark became the grounds for the condemnation of the world. Hebrew, from Hebrews 11, verse 7, which is, By faith Noah being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. Again, if I may quote from Barnhouse, no man could say that he could not believe. A believing convict condemns an unbelieving convict. A believing doctor condemns an unbelieving doctor. The entering in of the believer condemns the unbeliever. Genesis chapter 7 verses 8 through 11. Pairs of clean and unclean animals, of birds and of all creatures that move along the ground, male and female, came to Noah and entered the ark, as God had commanded Noah. And after the seven days, the flood waters came on the earth. In the six hundredth year of Noah's life, on the seventeenth day of the second month, on that day all the springs of the great deep burst forth, and the floodgates of the heavens were opened. Comment. Verse 10 tells us, And the flood waters came on the earth. Enoch had prophesied and had announced the judgment upon the ungodly. Noah announced it and built the vast ark in the sight of the world, which undoubtedly ridiculed him. He held steadfast to the end in spite of all appearances and without any precedent whatsoever. At last, judgment came to pass. God is not a man that he should lie. From Romans chapter 3, verse 4, Every man a liar, but God is truth. All that he had promised, he will perform. Genesis, chapter 7, verse 12 through 15. And rain fell on the earth forty days and forty nights. And on that very day, 
Noah and his sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, together with his wife and the wives of his three sons, entered the ark. They had with them every wild animal according to its kind, all livestock according to their kinds, every creature that moves along the ground according to its kind, and every bird according to its kind, everything with wings. And they went and unto Noah into the ark, two and two of all fish, wherein is the breath of life. Comment verse 15 tells us Noah, his family and the animals went into the ark. There have been those who have ridiculed the idea of Noah catching all the animals and what a time he must have had. But the Lord God can turn the heart of animals and he can certainly lead them to where he wishes. Neither had any of them at this point tasted blood. They were herbivorous. The Lord brought them to the ark, and the Lord shut them in. Only man is more stupid than the animals. The ox knows its owner, and the ass its master's crib. Isaiah chapter 1, verse 3 and 4. The ox knows his master, the donkey his owner's manger. But Israel does not know. My people do not understand. Ah, sinful nation, a people loaded with guilt, a brood of evildoers, children given to corruption. They have forsaken the Lord. They have spurned the Holy One of Israel and turned their backs on him. Genesis chapter 7 verse 16. And they that went in, went in male and female of all flesh, as God, Elohim, had commanded him, and the Lord, Jehovah, shut him in. Comment. Verse 16 tells us Elohim commanded and Jehovah safely shut him and his family safely inside. The cruise was about to begin. Once more, God shows more than one side of his nature and being. As God, Elohim, he commanded, as Jehovah, the Redeemer, he shut Noah inside. There was safety inside. Noah's being sealed inside is the equivalent of our being sealed with the Holy Spirit. From Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30. Noah was not only saved, he was safe and secure. Ephesians 4.30 And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Genesis chapter 7, verse 17 And the flood was forty days upon the earth, and the waters increased, and bare up the ark, and it was lifted up above the earth. Comment Verse 17 also describes how the waters rose with the raging waters as the ark floated above even the highest point on the planet. The same waters that destroyed life on the earth bore up the ark in which Noah and all his family were carried safely. The same judgment that swept down from God upon the Lord Jesus Christ brings death to those who refuse and life to those who believe. In the ark, Noah was surrounded by judgment, which showed God's hatred of sin. But he himself was safe. 
In Christ, we are surrounded by the judgment of God against the sin of unbelief. We are safe in the arms of a loving Christ. The ark was lifted high above the earth, no doubt the ride of a lifetime. The ark seems to be symbolic of our protection in time, eternal salvation, and ultimate accession into heaven. If you could have looked upon this earth from the moon, you would have seen vast rolling waves destroying every living thing on the earth. But on the surface, like a cork bobbing on a stream, you would have seen the ark with its precious cargo. It is possible to get away from the earth and to look at the world in judgment by standing on the word of God. Genesis chapter 7 verse 18 to 22 And the waters prevailed and were increased greatly upon the earth, and the ark went up on the face of the waters. And the waters prevailed exceedingly upon the earth, and all the high hills that were under the whole heaven were covered. Fifteen cubits upward did the water prevail, and the mountains were covered, and all flesh died that moved upon the earth, both of fowl and of cattle and of beast and of every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth, and every man, all in whose nostrils was the breath of life, of all that was in the dry land, died. Comment. Verse 22. All human, animal, and bird life outside the ark died. Never go beyond what is written. Clarence Darrow cynically confused William Jennings Bryan by asking him if he believed every word in the Bible. When Jennings replied that he did, Darrow asked contemptuously if he believed that the fish had drowned in the flood. Brian did not know how to answer. If he had known the little intricacies of the word, he could have confounded the skeptic. Only the animals that had within them the nepesh, breath of life, died. By the way, Jennings won the debate, or so thought the jurors. Genesis chapter 7, verses 23 and 24. And every living substance was destroyed, which was upon the face of the ground, both man and cattle and the creeping things, and the fowl of the heaven, and they were destroyed from the earth. And Noah only remained alive, and they that were with him in the ark. Genesis chapter 7, verse 24. And the waters prevailed upon the earth an hundred and fifty days. 4.2.9. By the very nature of the case, the project must have gained worldwide attention and the universal rejection of Noah's faithful warnings during this final testing period of 120 years was the basis upon which Noah condemn the world. That's Hebrews 11, verse 7. The ridicule did not keep Noah from his faithful task of warning of the impending deluge or assembling his odd crew for what would prove to be an exciting cruise aboard the USS Floodbuster. 4.2.1. For well over a century, scholars have debated whether the ark was sufficiently large to carry two 
of every kind of air-breathing animal in the world, plus an additional five of each clean kind. 4.2.11 It must be recognized, in the first place, that two or more similar species of modern taxonomy may be included within one genesis word kind. Point five. Let me give you a point or two about the science of taxonomy. 5.1. Taxonomy is a study of classifying species. There is a very sharp argument on the part of evolutionists that Genesis said God created every species in its own kind and then told every creature to reproduce only after its kind. This is exactly what we see happening today, and since no data has ever been presented to indicate such reproduction ever stopped, it is a wonder that an evolutionist would ever bring up the subject, because some animals resemble one another like a zebra looks like a horse and a coyote looks like a dog, the evolutionist, with great definite assumptions, espouses what they call theoretical progressions. Theoretical progression is based solely on the assumption that similarity of looks makes for a genre or species. 5.2 There is a great reliance on this empirical observation of appearance, so much so that the evolutionists turn to the science of taxonomy for help. They assume the taxonomist can know as a certainty what is a species and can therefore tell if animals are moving from one species to another. Nothing could be further from the truth. Point six. Let's look at the history of species classification or the wonderful world of taxonomy. You may have heard a little noise or a hum in the background. That was the warning system at Pensacola Naval Air Station going off. And I don't think there's anything happening. Um, But I had to stop and listen or take a short recess. So let's continue on. 6.1. Although, as we have seen, there are numerous changes within a biblical kind, there has never been a change, even alleged, to have occurred between a meaningful species, this after hundreds of years of careful scrutiny by multitudes of biologists, all seeking desperately to find such a phenomena. 6.2. Evolutionist have duped students with their cliches such as gaps are all we have need of finding. This gives the cursory student the impression that all but a minor proof problem remains. In reality, the only proof available is nothing. Since no one even purports to have discovered movement from one species to another, much has been left to the taxonomist to arrange species definitions since the species themselves will not cooperate, and this is what has actually been done. Point seven. The artful dodgers have developed a subtle ploy that can best be described as a play on ignorance by the taxonomist. These guys should know better 
and be ashamed. Let me illustrate by their few diversionary insults. 7.1 Quoting from a Hetchel and Cook textbook, Biology for Medical Students, To explain the presence of so many different kinds of plants and animals, two theories have been propounded. The traditional idea was that of special creation in which all organisms as we know them today were invented and made in the beginning of time with the same structure as we now find them. Such is the primitive human conception of the origin of the species as exemplified in the first chapter of Genesis and similar ideas also current in the cosmologies of most religions of the world. The facts of biology, however, do not allow us to accept this view. 7.2. Hegner and Stiles in their book, College Zoology, The Doctrine of Special Creation, that is, that each species of animal was specifically created, is sufficiently refuted to the satisfaction of most biologists by the facts of organic evolution. 7.3. Gardner Moment in his textbook, General Biology. One of the oldest ideas and, until recently, the most widely accepted is this theory of special creation. Certainly very few, perhaps no biologist, now believe that each species was separately created and has existed since the beginning of the world. Point eight. Much is made of the use of the Hebrew word lamina, translated kind, as allegedly meaning every species was created exactly as it was ordained, and divinely prohibited from change. Nothing could be further from the truth. The word translated kind is very subjective and might better read after the general likeness of one another. The kind specifically described in Genesis chapter 1 verse 21 is whales or tannin, in the Hebrew meaning sea or land mammals given the context the first tannin would seem to be sea monsters or mammals. After their kind, living creatures of Nespish, meaning all animal life, cattle or Bahima, in the Hebrew meaning tame animals after their kind, creeping things or Ramas in the Hebrew meaning living things that glide on the earth, and beast or tannin, meaning land animals, contextually used to designate wild animals after their kind. Genesis chapter 1, verse 21 through 25. And God created great whales, and every living creature that moveth, which the waters brought forth abundantly, after their kind, and every winged fowl after his kind. And God saw that it was good. And God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful, and multiply, and fill the waters and the seas, and let fowl multiply in the earth. And the evening and the morning were the fifth day. And God said, 
Let the earth bring forth the living creature after his kind, cattle and creeping things, and beast of the earth after his kind. And it was so. And God made the beast of the earth after his kind, and cattle after their kind, and everything that creepeth upon the earth after his kind. And God saw that it was good. 8.2. Much then is made by the evolutionist that God said something he never said. God obviously left room for animals to operate sexually within their general kind, subject to chromosome limitations, i.e. like the horses and the donkey. 8.3. Remember, we find nothing offered by the evolutionist as evidence of inner movement between the biblical kind but rather they employ a diversionary tactic, an alleged prohibition by God, that species were separately created and must exist originally created from the beginning of the world. This is done by the evolutionist to merely discredit the Bible because obvious intramovement of species has always been a fact. 8.4 Keep in mind, the evolutionist is a master at scientific ledger domain. The evolutionist is dishonest because his arguments are most often made by men without knowledge of biblical science. They therefore know that no one can properly define the term species, while at the same time they say that people who believe in special creation can distinguish species and hold that every species was created separately. Since the experts frequently disagree among themselves and change their minds as to what is a species, it is absurd as well as dishonest to imply that men who are not taxonomists can do this. What they seem to be trying to do is to make the creationist and Bible seem stupid. Well, they had another alarm go off at the base, but then I could clearly hear them saying this time it's just an exercise, so I offer my apologies for that interruption. Point nine. Textbook writers charge that special creationists believe every species were created separately, and then they themselves admit the number of creation of species by their classifications change from year to year. Why you were never taught that Let's look at a few examples. 9.1. Freshwater clams were formerly believed to exist in 251 species, but these have now been reduced to one. See Ernest Mayer's Systematics and the Origin of the Species. 9.2. In 1931, Swarth studied ground finches and classified them into five genera. 317 species and subspecies, but confessed it would be logical to place them in one. See Julian Huxley's The Living Thoughts of Darwin. 9.3. In Rugglesgate, human ancestry, the species of birds were said to be reduced by changes of opinions from 27,000 to 8,500. 9.4. Fishes of North America have moved from 670 to 795. 
See Michael Geyer's Animal Biology. 9.5. In 1955, the Rana candivihe, frog formerly classified in 1922, was later determined to be only a mutant form of the common leopard frog. It differed only with reference to a single mutant gene. Point 10. This list of quotes could go on forever. This is perhaps why Harvard professor Hooten said, I am convinced that a zoological classificationist may be as dissolute and irresponsible as a lightning rod salesman. See Ernest Hooten's Apes, Men, and Morons. Point 11. Oh, wretched men that we are. Thank God there is now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. And that's the end of Lesson 14. As usual, we thank you for listening. We ask for your prayers for Pastor Merritt. He continues to pray for you. Before we close, let's remember anyone listening without Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior in their life, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. So long.